0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with season three, episode 20, as Andy is Fallen victim to Cleansing Week and uh, couldn't be on today, but we actually got, uh, believe it or not, we got Patrick on. You probably know him from some of the questions that he's uh, asked us over the past few weeks. And with Andy, you know, being a victim of Cleansing Week, uh, I have Pat on right now to uh, take his place. So, Pat, I have to ask you, how are you doing?
2: Well, thanks, Wells. Thanks for having me. happy to be on and uh looking forward to, to talking some Rangers hockey today.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh it, it's been it's been a rough go this past week and I I warned everybody about how this week was coming and it kind of started with the Nashville game. Well, you saw the inkling of it with uh forget the first Colorado game. You saw it happening. The writing was on the wall after the Buffalo game where they kind of struggled against a a lesser Buffalo team. They just squeaked out a win, 2-1 on the road, but you know, you f- still felt good. They got a win. They got two points, and that's really all that matters. You just got to beat those teams. And then Nashville comes into town, and Nashville's been red hot, and you knew a loss was coming. It was written on the wall, right. and I knew just the way the schedule was, was formatted with the four games in the six days, and it was just going to be hell on wheels for the New York Rangers, who I think are really due for uh, a big break here, which they do have. So, um, did I, I know you listened to the podcast? Did you Did you buy the Cleansing Week? Did you know it was coming?
2: No, I mean, I think uh, absolutely. I think they, they weren't going to sustain you know success that they were having. It just and again, you know, you know me as well uh, with the pessimistic you know Rangers fan attitude that that is hard to to get rid of sometimes. But it's almost like you're just waiting for something to happen, right. I'm the same way. So it's like, they're, they're not going to win the rest of the games. Right. So um, I think it's been good for them to do, you know, be brought back to reality a little bit um, because I mean, the schedule is not getting any easier um, when you look at after the break, you know, who they have coming up on the schedule and, and the West coast, uh, you know, trip they have coming up. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous. So I'll, I'll feel better if they, you know, beat Montreal. Um, right before Christmas that they have to win that game Um, because, you know, like I said, and I know Andy mentioned it, I think, on the last podcast too, just, you know, you have Tampa Bay, Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim. (laughs) Um, I mean, realistically, those four right there, they could lose all four of those realistically.
1: Yeah, and then you know, people I think forget that there is a game on the 22nd. My whole thing is right now with the Rangers. A cleansing week is done, right? It's a new kind of regroup here. You have 4 days off, you know, the 18th through the 21st. The 22nd, you play the Montreal Canadiens who are one of the worst teams in the NHL. You have to beat that team at home right before Christmas, and then you get another 4 days off where you you get kind of right back into it. You play a Detroit team that is you know kind of feeling themselves i know they're not having the same success that they did at the beginning of the season but they're a team that's like we can beat anybody on any given night um and so they're going to be super competitive and then you end the year with florida and tampa bay um you know i i know right now it, you kind of have to talk about it with covid kind of you know making its way through all these teams um you know wh- I don't know. What do you make of COVID right now? Uh, we might as well talk about it before we really get into, um, you know, some of the the games here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I know we were kind of talking about this too. Obviously, it, it seems like it's worse in the NFL, um, um, and I didn't even know. Like some of it yesterday. Like I was, I know I was telling you that Toronto game that wasn't supposed to be po- postponed to the Toronto Vancouver game. And then you find out late afternoon that's postponed. And ter- so Toronto must have it running through them. I haven't read any details on that, but I know they're, they don't have any games. I don't think for the next you know few days, those have all been postponed. So I, I mean, it's kind of one of those things, you know, hopefully just they, you know, postponing games, they just keep it under wraps. Um, I don't, I don't think we, We'll see what what they're doing in Canada. Um, with you know, they're already not having fans in Montreal. I, I don't know if if it'll get that extreme, um, but you know, you just gotta hope that the league knows what they're dealing with with all these protocols. And maybe it's more consistent with some of the shit you hear with the NFL, because it sounds like it's kind of a joke with what they do. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean. I'm trying not to think too much into it. Hopefully it just kind of runs its course here a little bit um, now and not, you know, further down the line, closer to playoffs and they're able to still, you know, make up games that they need to.
1: Right. And, you know, I, I, it always kind of brings me back to, you know, the past and I know people don't pay attention to it because it's not uh, COVID, but the flu always runs through teams every single season. And, obviously those players are not put on a 10 day protocol They're, you know, it's basically if you're feeling healthy play. Um, But, you know, in the past, there's always been players that felt like, you know, crap because of the flu and they just pushed through and played through. This is basically the same thing, except guys now are out and they can't be a part of the, you know, the, the team and they can't go to the facility. And so this is like, you know, I feel like this is like, the flu season now it's COVID season here and there there's either two choices right there is either you know the nhl decides to push through and you know realizing that you know a lot of these players are you know basically having colds and and are able to play or you know if things start to get pretty serious and some of these you know ownership and management are like this is getting a little out of control for our facility and our management and our staff you know we are kind of urging the NHL to kind of take a pause. I I personally think with the way things are going and how many postponed games that they have, that they're just going to shut it down for, you know, two or three weeks. For me, if you're going to have more postponed games and games being played, then you might as well just, just pause the season. And I I know a lot of people probably don't want to hear that, but that seems to me the realistic goal. If, if, I mean, I don't know how you can go about having, you know, six or seven, you know, in a, a Saturday night, like six games postponed because of COVID. It's just like at this point, just shut it down. If this is the standards that we're going to be up against, you might as well just shut it down until, you know, things get a little bit more manageable because it, it just it's getting silly now. Um, uh, and, you know, I I know. The NHL also doesn't want to lose revenue in terms of, you know, attendance and some of these owners I'm sure don't want to lose revenue from attendance with, with, you know, fans in the seats. Ultimately, I, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to be, you know, Jim Dolan making the decision on whether fans enter the garden. It's going to be more of New York state uh, limiting capacity at, at live events. So um I, I haven't heard any rumblings, but do you think, you know, obviously we both, well, I live in New Jersey, but you live in New York. Do you see, th- can you see a limited capacity at live events, uh, you know, coming up during this, uh, you know, I guess fl- I, you call it flu season cause that's what it's always yeah. been called, but you know, right. COVID season, I guess is now the new term.
2: I mean, with what, with how we've seen everything handled so far, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they did that. Um. Like I said, I really don't think they'd go no no fans at all. I don't know if it'd be you know because realistically, I mean, and again, the garden you have to be vaccinated to go, right? So I, I that's why be, I yeah. really yeah. So I mean, I don't I don't think it'll go to the extreme of of what we've seen in Canada, but I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised um, if they go to some some limited capacity. But to your point, I mean, most of the players are are, are if not all, right? I think. I don't think you had to be vaccinated or you did, but there's the, some exemptions, right? I think most of the NHL players are vaccinated. So if they do get it, they shouldn't be um, I believe
1: I believe Bertuzzi is the only player. Only one, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I remember
2: seeing that too. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, I mean, anyone that gets it, they shouldn't really be that sick and hopefully are able to bounce back. And like you said, you know, um, players play, play with the flu all the time. So I don't know. I don't know if it's it's gonna get to that point. To like you said, maybe it does become. If it gets too too out of control, they just shut it down for a couple of weeks and, and come back up. But hopefully, it doesn't get to that point.
1: Yeah, and you know, also too, you gotta you gotta also realize too that I'm sure a lot of GMs and you know, coaching the coaching staff also want to be in the best position to win hockey games. And you know, if half your team is is on the COVID list, I know I would be if I was a manager you know, the calling up the NHL being like, can you uh postpone these games here because even if i put out a team of uh, you know, a, a full team out there, i, I still give my chance like my chances of winning these hockey games are, you know, almost 0% if i'm using a full AHL team. So, i'm sure a lo- you know, a lot of these st- coaching staffs and players are balancing the wanting to play with, you know, also being able to put out a team that can actually win a hockey game. So, um but let's get back into the Rangers. Enough with COVID. Uh, the, the New York Rangers are dealing with a lot of, I guess you have to say, in- injuries right now. Panarin's out. Uh, Igor is out. Two huge key pieces right now are out for the New York Rangers. I have my opinion on Panarin being out next to, uh, well, I, I don't know for the foreseeable future, I guess he's out with a lower body injury. I would imagine if it was any... If there's any serious uh, inkling with this injury, he'll probably be out against Montreal. I haven't seen anything on that. Um, That's usually an Andy Andy thing. Uh, What do you make of the Panarin injury, and do you think Igor comes back to play against the
2: Canadians? So I actually just looked this morning. I saw um, Brooks had an article in the Post yesterday about um, both Panarin and Igor. I guess Igor had his first full practice yesterday. and that that was you know since he went out on, on the third against San Jose, that was his first full practice. But I don't think they're going to play him from at least from what Larry Brooks wrote. I don't think it makes sense, right, for one game against Montreal that you should be able to beat with either Kincaid or Igor should asterisks. But yeah. um, I don't know if it's worth putting him in net for that one game when there's then they're going to have another you know four days off after. Why not just you know hope hope that um, that we can get a win with one of our backups and and then. Get another, you know, four days, uh, and then for Igor, it's you know, taking his time um, back, and then you know, again, I don't think it makes sense that for him specifically. And then for Aaron, I would say the same thing. If it's if it truly is a day to day lower body injury, um, but let's just give him the rest and, and not have it be a nagging injury. If that's truly what it is, right? That, that's all that they've said so far um, is that it's you know a lower body injury and in he's day to day. So I don't know. I I think. We obviously need both of them very, um, very badly in our lineup. So um, I don't think at this point with where we are in the standings, we need to rush getting them back.
1: Yeah, I, see, I'm one of those, if they're healthy enough to play, let them play. But given the circumstances of, of, uh, of the New York Rangers right now, I really think it, this might be a good thing that Panarin misses these next couple games, or I should say he missed the Vegas game He's play, uh, probably gonna be out against Montreal. If I'm if I'm, you know, Galan, I don't know who's making that decision. You know, I kinda sit him against Montreal because the one thing that I saw, we can get we can get right into this now, is Mika became a completely different player on the game where Pernarin is out. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence or You know, or if he kind of saw that, you know, listen, without Panarin, I'm the go-to guy. I got to perform. I got to be better. I've been struggling. I kind of lost my touch there. The last couple games, I mean, Mika's on the back of the net. He kind of has that swagger back a little bit. You see him taking a little bit more. Well, you're taking more confident shots on goal. They're getting through. Is Mika back?
2: We definitely need you know, would, would benefit greatly from Mika being the Mika we've seen in the past. Um, cause if not, I, I think they need it anyway. I know we, we've talked about trading or, or getting a, another, you know, top four at the deadline type thing, just to balance out their offense a little bit, because obviously we've seen some inconsistencies, but if he can, if he can start, you know, playing the way he is capable of, um, and, and, Maybe even carrying the load. Obviously, like we we I know you and Andy talked about too. Uh Kreider, although he scored a tap in on the power play. You know, he's he's dried up. Um can't can't expect much from him. Um you would think. So I don't know. I, I think it's good if, if he can if he can really start being the Mika of old, I think it puts us in a in a great spot.
1: Yeah, we desperately need someone to turn to when we need a goal. I always said that Mika needs to be on the trigger, the trigger end of a power play. So, you know, he needs to be in that trigger, trigger end, trigger spot on the power play. And, you know, he needs to shoot. Like, I think the, the Mika, I know the best, the best of the Mika I know is when he's constantly taking shots, especially on the power play. I know they give that role to Panarin and, you know, it's right, rightfully deserved for Panarin. He's one of the best players in the national hockey league. So, it's kind of tough, and and I know you don't want to demote Zabenedjad to the second power play, but I almost feel like having those two guys on power play one and power play two. It's almost worth moving Nika because he is such a threat. He still is one of the best players I think, uh, best shooting guys to have on a power play in the NHL, especially when when he's feeling himself. I mean, he's a a, a huge threat in that trigger position. So, um. Yeah, I, if there's anything, anything that comes out of this Panarin injury, hopefully it's the, uh, you know, Mika finally turning the corner here and, you know, putting the puck in the net. I know points-wise, he's it doesn't look like he's struggling because he's still fourth on our team in points with 25 and 30 games. But, you know, Mika with seven goals, I mean, you would hope by now he'd probably be in that around the, that 15-goal mark at least. You know, with Kreider being the only one with ten plus goals on this team, obviously, you know, we need more scoring. And I, I, I understand we're a little bit more balanced this year, but there still needs to be the couple of guys on this team that can, you know, put the puck in the net more consistently than than just uh, Chris Kreider. And you know, even even Kreider, everyone kind of knows that he'll Casper he'll on us, and that's kind of what he's been doing. But hopefully, with Mika. Starting to catch fire a little bit. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately Kreider will catch some of those flames playing on his wing. So I don't know if that metaphor really worked, but we'll go with it. Um, All right. Uh, I do want to get into the Vegas game because, uh, you know, obviously Mika played well that game. But again, the Rangers kind of blow a late lead at home and lose in a shootout. What were your thoughts with the Vegas game?
2: I mean, it's not even that they lost. I know we kind of touched on this too. It's just the way they lost. Having the lead at home um, with, you know, five minutes left or whatever it was and then blowing it and, and losing in the shootout. It just, it's just a terrible loss. Um, and I mean, I, I guess silver lining, they still get a point, but it was almost, I mean, that overtime was ridiculous. That was one of the craziest overtimes I've seen in a while. That There was just like, Patchettty had two breakaways, which I was going to say that too. Watch, Patchettty's going to get the game winner. Being the, I think he was a Ranger fan growing up, right? Come, come. I feel like anytime there's a story like that for for an opposing player, they they you know will kill us in a, in a Ranger game. So, um, so I mean, I don't know. It, it's frustrating. I guess it's it's you know they get the point, um, but it's just as I know you have said, really, you know, now is when you have to put yourself in position to get these points, um because who knows what it'll look like at the end of the year, right? If they're, I mean, we, we can't tell where where they'll be in the standings. I, I You know, the wild card um is probably what, if they made the playoffs, what most of us would have said is how they make it. Not not necessarily in the spot they're in now, but they, I mean, they really need to keep accumulating points because who knows what will happen um, if they go into another slump. I,
1: I, you ain't kidding. And it seems like a slump, I, I listen. I said. I said. Cleansing week. This is going to be our slump, and that's going to be it. But obviously, you know, if this Ranger team falls victim, and it probably will, of you know, being out with COVID, and if it just so happens to be in the first half of January, we are screwed, my friend. I mean, like wow. you said, we have Tampa, Edmonton, Vegas, Anaheim. Then the and Anaheim and Vegas start the West Coast trip. Then we, we finish with Kings and the Sharks. And Then we, you know. If, Philly, which is always tough for us. Toronto, Carolina. Then, you know, the schedule gets a little easier with Arizona. And we have the Kings at home. Then Columbus, Minnesota. Hopefully that's a a win against one of the better teams on uh, Lundquist night. And then uh, at home against Seattle on uh, January 30th. So we have a bunch of games in January. If we get COVID, we could potentially, you know, find ourselves on a very big losing streak. Um, if we lose some of our key players over a long, longer period of time. So, um, absolutely.
2: Well, when I knew I was coming on with you, one of the things, and this is just how I think as a Ranger fan, right? Like just worst case scenario, um, and just not believing that they can continue their success. Right. So <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's 52 games left. Okay. So I looked at the last full 82 game season and just saw what the wild card spots were. So 2018-2019 it was 98 points in the east and 90 points in the west. Those were the final wild card spots, okay? So the Raiders have 52 games left. If they just for argument's sake say they split the split right down the middle, they go they play 500 hockey, go 26 and 26. That would put their final record at 45-33 and 4. So that's 94 points. Oh my so, god. So I mean <laughs> So, again, you know, when we talk about losing streaks and COVID and all that stuff, I mean, that, that's kind of what it looks like the rest of the season, which it's good and bad, right? I mean, they've put themselves in a position to be high up in the standings and, and there's a cushion there. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, I don't, 98 points was, was the number in eighteen nineteen. So, So, um, if you looked at that and they split the rest of their games, for argument's sake, you know, they're out of the playoffs. So, um even more, going back to the original point that every point is, is it matters, especially the the further you get down into the season.
1: You ain't kidding. Every point matters, and it just like I felt like last year. I don't know if it was just more apparent, but if you looked at the Rangers team, Rangers team last year, I know they're a completely different team, but that was that was a last year loss against Vegas, and I just I really really hope that the Rangers don't start making this a habit where they, they blow leads late in games, even against good teams, because you do need those two points. And, and even if you beat Vegas in overtime, you walk away feeling good about yourself because you gave away a point to a West coast team. So it really doesn't really matter if you beat them in overtime or not. Um, right. and you know, I just feel like losing to Vegas now puts a little bit of pressure on you, you know, with Montreal and listen, I I know a lot of ranger fans and or Ranger haters, I should really say, uh think that this team only beats mediocre teams. But that's that's kind of true for everybody, right? Like you're only you can only play the schedule you're dealt. So the Rangers, yeah, we might have had a little easier of a time with the uh, you know, that eight game or ten game stretch where we went like nine and one. Yeah, we didn't play the best of the best, but that's the schedule that's given to us. And I also said from the very beginning of this season that you got to get points against teams you're capable of getting points against. And the, the Rangers have done that so far, and that's why they're in the position where they are. That's why they're only a point out of first place in the division, because they did beat all the teams that they're capable of beating. Now, we all know that the Rangers weren't capable of you know, com- you know competing at that level or just continuing that success, that they had to be kind of knocked down Uh, and humbled a little bit and I think they were this week and I think some of the injuries certainly hasn't helped Um, now they have a game against Montreal and a lot of days off which I think is really good for this team because I think you know this team uh, they are young and a lot of those players are still not used to a full 82 game season with Kako and Lafreniere being the two that really haven't played a full NHL season without the chaos of COVID so um you know if they can get a win against Montreal they start feeling good about themselves um so all right uh, now I kind of want to get into this and this is where I think you'll make your break yourself on this podcast Patty so you, you're gonna have to be like not creative here but you know I, I think if you look at the New York Rangers depth chart right if you go even on cat friendly or, or I'm not telling you to bring this up but You know, you have uh, Mika centering Chris Kreider and Kako, right? I don't think that line's going anywhere. Second line, I know Panarin is out right now, but you have Ryan Strom centering Panarin, and let's just go back, Dryden Hunt on the uh, right-hand side. And then you have uh, third line, Hedl centering the Goat and Lafreniere. And then you have Rooney centering Reeves and uh, Goudreau. The bottom, the bottom six, or I should say the third line, let's get into, with La Lafreniere, and Gauthier. We'll go player by player, and you tell me what you think, because right now, I think this third line is going to make or break this team. If we don't address it via trade or a call or something, I, I think we're doomed. And the reason I say this is because although they're generating opportunities, they're not lighting the lamp, and we desperately need that when our, you know, top players go cold for a week or two, right? We need secondary right. scoring. So um, the first player I want to get into is Filippito. I, I mean, he, he's doing fine, but offensively, he just doesn't produce anything. Do you think his time here as a New York Ranger has come to an end?
2: I mean, I think it has
1: to
2: i I do think um I know you and Andy have talked about it I, I think we need to we need to deal him um because I, I just to your point, when our stars go dry, there needs to be um, an answer on the third line and it's it's just you know I don't think it's him I think he's a he's a good player, um a good two- way player, but i don't I don't think he's gonna move the needle for goal scoring, you know what I mean and that that's what is needed um at least somebody on that line.
1: No, I, I I totally agree with you. Um I think the writing's on the wall with him that he he'll get flipped because and, and and that's nothing against him. I just think even even if he was doing pretty well, he's the most tradable asset we have, right? You're not gonna get rid of Strome because of Panarin. Um you're not gonna get rid of Dryden Hunt. Obviously, you know Lafreniere you're not gonna get rid of you're not going to get rid of Kako. Nobody's going to want any of our fourth liners. You're not going to get rid of Reeves. You know, Rooney is what he is. Even the, our fourth line, when they're together, they actually do a pretty good job. Uh, they're probably the, our most consistent line in terms of what they produce, which is almost, yeah, well, almost nothing. But you, you kind of expect a fourth line to generate almost nothing. So as long as they're doing that consistently, I'm fine with them. Um, uh, the, the second player I want to get into is Julian Gauthier, uh, the GOAT. What do you think from last season to this season? You know, what are your thoughts on him?
2: I mean, I know obviously he's he's you know a super fast skater, right? He's you know, um, but he's someone that I, I feel like he kind of just almost like goes ghost mode, like Kreider. Right? There's just certain games where you like don't he'll he'll have like certain games where you don't even know he's playing you know what i mean I, you can say that about a lot of the players on the team but uh, i to me you know i think i know you were you were happy when when they didn't lose him to the um expansion draft i think he was someone that was that was talked about but i mean i think he's a big body um and i think he could fit well with, with you know you, again bring in uh, a claude Giroux, uh him you know Giroux centering him and and Lafrenier, um I mean, I, I think he can, if you put him with a goal scorer, I think he would be um, a good, you know, complimentary player, somebody like
0: Drew. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. As everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score... Use score with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER.
1: I, you know what? I actually really agree with that. Um, I just think if Giroux comes here, they're going to put him on the first line. But I really think if you put Giroux as a third line center with the Goat and Lafreniere, you'll get so much out of that line. Only because I say this, the, the Goat is good at creating, you know, like chaos in the off corners. The rush. Yeah, off the rush, he's got a lot of speed. You can tell this year he's just so much more confident in in his own ability to kind of make, make plays drive. the And when I say make plays, I'm not saying like he's stick handling around guys, but he's not afraid to drive the net. He uses his big body. He uses his speed. I think there's a lot of asset there, Um, but I almost feel like he's a tradable asset uh, with the way he's playing since he's playing a lot better than he did last year. I mean, last year he basically didn't get an opportunity to play. Uh, This is what I kind of expected of him. I think he's still developing because he's, hasn't really been given a chance to play consistently at the NHL level. Uh, But I think if you put a a center like a Claude Giroux with Lafreniere and him, I I really think that line can produce. And, uh, you know, I'm not just saying that comparatively speaking, since it's a no brainer that if you put Giroux there instead of Hedl, that that line will be more productive. But I'm saying in terms of like an actual, like realistic line, those three guys might be actually pretty good together, you know? And I think, I think Giroux will almost hold those two guys accountable, right? Playing the right way, being able to make plays. I think he could teach them. Uh, I think, you know, being French Canadian, there's almost like a, 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 I don't know, a connection, maybe a connection. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, French Canadian, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, and I didn't even think of that when I first said that. That I think there there is something there, that the French Canadian line. But um, but even if even if they like you said, say they were to get Giroux and they insert him on the top line, um, and they put, you know, another one of those, you know, whoever they take off, anyone that like a uh, even Kreider uh, or Kreider's not gonna play center, but um, we could though. I would, why?
1: Why? Like why not? I mean, we don't win face-offs anyway. So at this point, that's true. like. Who cares? Kreider's got the speed to play center. I mean, I know he takes big ring turns and can't really stop and start, but um, who cares? Like, you might as well throw him at, at the center position. But I don't think they're going to move Kreider off of Mika's side.
2: Yeah, well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is even uh, any any of those players, if if it, if it's a you know Mika or Kreider, or Panarin, whoever it would be um, to make room for Drew, um, I think. It just becomes a more effective line. I think that they're just more complementary players, especially uh, Lafreniere. I think he, he, although he did it in junior, from what we've seen in the NHL so far, he's not creating on his own.
1: Well, it's it's definitely a lot tougher, but it also too. I I think all right. If we bring in Giroux, and I don't, I don't know why we're so like dead set on drew i just think it may, well first off for the rangers i think it's the cheapest option i mean jeru's a free agent after this year you might as well dish him if you're philly you might as well just trade for him you're going to get tremendous assets back for him uh either in draft pick or you know prospects so you might as well do it. it's only going to help your organization going forward and he can also resign back to philly if he wants to after next year but if you're the New York Rangers and you bring in a player like Giroux, I think there's so many options with him. It's kind of scary. Uh, realistically, they put him on the first line. He'll play wing. So you have brighter Mika, Giroux. Then you have the second line, you'll have Strom, Panarin. And then I'd put Kako back on the second line because before Kako got moved, he was starting to feel himself on that second line. He was starting to get points and I'm kind of glad that they stuck him there, and they let. And Andy brings this point up all the time. Last year, he would have been demoted to the fourth line. This year, Gallant kind of let him ride the waves a little bit. It was a little choppy, but then he started seeing a little bit of success, and then immediately they moved him up to the the first line, which is kind of you know I understand you want to promote him a little bit and you wanted to get a little bit more out of that first line, but if a player is playing successful, you I I, I mean I. They could have just left them on the, that line, but and then the third line, you might as well let Lafreniere center. I guess I I I don't even know. Yeah, we we'd have Julian Gauthier, Lafreniere, and then do I. I would feel more comfortable with probably Hunt playing on the fir- the fourth line and moving Gaudreau up. I guess maybe he'd center the third line. I don't know. I don't know what you would do there, but uh, realistically, I. Think just, a lot of
2: options.
1: Yeah. A lot of options. Basically I'm mumbling over for nothing. Uh, the last player I do want to get into, um, is, um, I, we obviously spoke about Hidal. You, you want to dish him out tomorrow. Julian Gautier, uh, you are not really, you're not
2: really, uh, a, you're not a goat fan, are you? I just, like I said, I, I think he's a, he's a good player, but he doesn't, um, I don't think he – and I, he's, he's so young, too. That's the other thing with all these players. Like, I could be dead wrong. Um, it just doesn't seem like he's – there's nights where he, I don't even know he's playing, you know. But. <laughs> well,
1: well, the next player, there's definitely nights where you don't notice he's playing. That's uh, Lafreniere. Um, let's talk a little bit about him. Uh, kinda, He's kind of got the Kreider the, the touch where the only goals you feel like he could score are tap-ins. 6 goals on the season, 2 assists. I I don't know. I know I know it's one of those things where you might need to be patient with this guy, but there's got to be something that he does well at this level right now. And I feel like yeah, people are like, "Well, you see signs of brilliance." I'm like, "Yeah, but that I mean, I also feel the same way about Headel, and he's really turned into to nothing as well." So,
2: yeah. Right.
1: What, what do you make of Lafreniere? It, it, will he turn it around? I know this is like super pessimistic, but this is like the reality that Ranger fans live, right? There's nothing to really be positive about.
2: Yeah, well, I, Andy's going to have to, um, he'll, to he'll through, ram, bring it yeah. back to neutral uh, on your next episode. <laughs> and I, I, know, I know Andy, um, I get, I know he, what he said about Lafreniere. And, and you know, what a lot of people said that he's, you know, 19, What what is he, 19 or 20 years old? Um, his, you know, his first full season in the league, um, or it's actually, you know, an NHL schedule or the, you know, norm, normal air quotes where you're traveling and then all those types of things. I guess I feel like I've lost patience with him already. And, I, I, you know, I don't, I feel like he just pisses me off just <laughs> as a player. So I, I don't want to, I do have a little bit of a bias, but and just, I mean, and again, just little things. Like I just, he, he makes that great back check last game to Vegas, and he's, like, hunched over on the bench like he just, you know, won the game. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So I feel like I have, like, a negative bias or him. I just don't like him. He just pisses me off. But, again, he just – he's he's so slow. He, I think he'll have, you know, games where, where he makes – you know, he applies the pressure and he's able to, to move the puck um in the offensive zone. But I, it's just a classic, you know – we get the number one overall pick and, and this is what he's been so far. It's just kind of classic, but I, 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 I guess my answer is we have to continue to be patient here um, with this guy, but I just don't know uh, from what we've seen so far, if if we have too much to be excited about in the future with, with my anyway.
1: Yeah, I I'm with you, man. It's just, it's frustrating. I think as it rain, like, Listen, as a hockey fan, yeah, you got to be patient with these guys. I mean, the expectations of the first overall pick are so high still. I think with, with especially like uh, our age group, you know, when we kind of saw like, you know, pain, I don't know, I'd say like the prime time of being a hockey fan is like late 20s, 30s and 40s. Like we're so used to like Matthews, you know, uh, uh, McDavid, just these impact guys that are taken first overall. And even like Patrick Kane, who's our age, like he came in and just lit the league on fire. I just mm-hmm. the expectations might be unrealistic, but I I am so sick of like the Rangers not having or being able to draft that guy that it's it's super frustrating. And it's like I know we have guys like Fox, but I I want to take pride in guys that we draft. Like I don't want to keep bringing these guys in. Like I know I listen. I love Panarin. I love Fox, but for for Christ's sake, can I just have a player where we draft high that becomes a superstar in this league? Like, I And they might turn into that, but why do I have to stress? Why does this need to be a project? Why do I need to sweat every single game and every season with these guys hoping they turn into what they're supposed to turn into? It's just nothing ever yeah. comes easy for New York Rangers fans, and this is just evidence that it, that's, there's a black cloud that kind of
2: hovers well, over us. To your point, I mean, I was the biggest – Caco hater of anyone um last year, and and or I guess pretty much since he's been on the Rangers with, with how he's performed. But he'll just he'll do certain things like like against Vegas. He he had one shift where he just cycled the puck, and I'm like, oh wow, that was great, great play by by Caco. And it's like that's that's my expectation. He cycles the puck once, and like is is able to maintain pressure, and and I'm like happy for the second overall pick, you know what I mean? Like, what? it's just, uh, like, and again, I, I think he has had a better uh, season this year so far. But it just, when you look at where he was drafted, it's just, it's sick that, you know, I'm getting excited that he's able to, to you know, sustain pressure on the offensive zone
1: it's yeah no i'm with you man and and it's one of those things where if people that are diehard ranger fans listen to this they're gonna be shaking their head and being like probably cursing us out being like you guys are fucking ridiculous you know let them. they need to develop but it's like why other teams their players don't need to develop they are impactful right away like listen i it's not like i don't think it's capable that he'll turn into an all-star it's it's the fact that I need to sweat this out is what I, what angers me. And, um, you know, I've tried explaining this to Andy. He's a little bit more optimistic. Like he looks at the analytics and is just like, you know, I can't believe Paco's this good defensively already, you know, in the NHL, but it's like, I, I'm, I don't want, like, I need, I need production. I need numbers that are impressive. I want to see dominance. Like I, I need to see something. And I'm not expecting a McDavid or a Matthews, but there's no reason why these players, you know, right off the bat can't be 50 point plus players. Like, you know, Kako has 10 points this year. Yeah. 10. Yeah. You ten know, ten. Lafreniere has, I think, eight. Hold on. Let's look.
2: Yeah, he's got eight. Lafreniere has six goals,
1: two assists. And it's not like his goals are like he made a really, there was a really nice play. They're literally like rebound ins. He's mm-hmm. Chris Kreider but smaller and less effective. I guess. Yeah.
2: And then he like world junior jumps into the glass. Like he just, yeah. the best goal of his life. And it's just what's happened.
1: All right. We need to like, we need to steer this into a different direction because yeah. this is, <laughs> you're starting to sound, I think like the a devil's podcast here. Yeah. Um, all right. Positivity. We're at the 40 minute mark. Uh, I don't know where I, like, this is tough for me to stir up. But, you know, this is where Andy usually would take the reins and try to be positive here. Um, the Rangers are still in third place with 42 points, 30 games played. Uh, you know Pittsburgh is nipping at the heels now they're unstoppable. They are seven two and one in their last 10 they've won six in a row. Uh, the machine that Pittsburgh is just seems to be chugging along. The Rangers have taken kind of uh, taken a st- step back this week, but we all saw that was coming and I think that's healthy I think that's helpful so that's positive um And the Rangers really don't play Pittsburgh till the end of the season. So, um, as long as we're right there, neck and neck with them, we can control our own destiny. So, that's a little bit of positivity for you. Uh, The last question I I think I have for you, Patty, here, and and thank you for hopping on is you know, we have the Christmas break coming up, and then our schedule gets pretty heavy with some of these teams coming up. Uh, Given that everything gets back to normal, Panarin is back, Igor is back, and we play. And and I'll give you just, you know, the end of the year prediction here. You have Detroit, Florida, Tampa Bay on the 27th, the 29th, and 31st. Rangers get healthy. How do you think they respond after kind of having
2: that cleansing week? I mean, I think, like we talked about, not not counting the Montreal game, coming back from break. If we can get Igor back in the net, I think that's going to give everybody a a, a bump, whether they admit it or not, that they have to be more confident when he's in the net. So, um, I think this, you know, this January stretch is going to be very telling for them. If we can come out of January and again take COVID out of it first, we don't know what that's going to look like completely. But if they can have a successful January and and you know, um, beat the teams that they're supposed to and, and get get some quality wins against not not all of them, but, you know, beating Tampa Bay when you're at least one of those games, you know what I mean? Um, a- able to to be successful in, in, in January, I think, in the spot we're already, already in, um, you know, that then it just becomes – it just playing out the rest of the season and, and really almost inking yourselves in the, into the playoffs. So I, I think January is going to be telling. I do think Igor back in the lineup is going to um, give everyone – a an extra you know, charge going
1: into the new year. I have to agree with you. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, Igor is a top goalie in the league when he's in the net. I mean, it's unbelievable how Ranger fans have... And this is positive, too. I'll be positive here. We've got the transition from Lundqvist to Igor. Uh, we go from one of the best goalies in the league to one of the best goalies in the league. So we, and he
2: can steal games, too. So when you look at the, the schedule... You know, when you're playing Tampa um, twice in three days, he can steal a game for them. In, in, in one of those, you know, he can stand on his head. He can do that, right? So,
1: and 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 to your point too. You know, I know I know Ranger fans or Ranger hate, haters. <clears throat> they can be one and the same. Uh, Take a look <laughs> at me. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, if you look. Look at the Rangers' schedule. Obviously, they're playing some top-tier teams. Uh, the first week in January, we have Tampa Bay, Edmonton, Vegas, and Anaheim. All those teams are at the top of the standings in the West. And, you know, or actually, I don't know, I think Edmonton might have fallen off. But it, regardless, it, they're still a tough team to play against. You know, I, again, I'll say this. I said this at the beginning of the season. you got to play 500 hockey against the league's best, and then you have to play 750 winning percentage against the you know the lower level teams the teams that are not in the playoffs the teams that have really no shot at the playoffs and listen you're gonna lose you're gonna have hiccups right but you know you got to be consistent enough to beat those teams and and that's that's where you make the playoffs and then we all know what the NHL playoffs are right they're a crap shoot I mean how many times do you you go into a series and you think you know oh, this team's gonna absolutely demolish them and then before you know it the series is 3-1 in favor of, uh, you know, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets team, you know, so it's all uh, it's all relative, um, you know, until you get to the playoffs. Right. And and for the New York Rangers, it really is going to be just beat the lesser teams, just get points against the teams you're capable of getting points of. You're going to split against the best teams in the NHL. If not, you're going to be slightly below 500 because the Rangers still are a team that's growing. And I know we sat here for the last twenty minutes bashing our youth, but we are a young, younger team and they still are learning the NHL game and they still are trying to find, you know, their capabilities in this league. So again, if you're a New York Rangers fan, don't get frustrated over weeks like we just had. It's probably the best thing for us. We need an edge. We need to feel like we're um I don't know, we need a chip on our shoulder, I should say. So
2: yeah. Yeah right. and I'll say I was just going to say speaking of positivity and beating the teams that you need to like even just using the Arizona game as an example right like that was a, t- a game they needed to win and they come back and and you know on the road find a way to win right a, a, against a team that they're better than so I think you know Rangers teams of old may, may have folded in a game like that so they they are that, that's a you know again the, the Vegas games frustrating but they're they're getting wins against teams that they're supposed to. So that, that's definitely
1: a positive. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, all right. So I think that's, that's it. We're going to wrap this up here. Uh, Patty, thank you for jumping on here. Do you have any, f- I'm going to let you uh, end the podcast here. Um, give, give me your final thoughts. Uh, I, I don't know. Be motivational, be positive. We, we had a rough patch there. We really got dark as a Ranger fans. So I want you to end it on a positive note.
2: No, absolutely. I think I'll uh, I'll say m- Merry Christmas and, and Happy Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, to all the all the Rangers fans out there. I think um, bringing it positive. We're sitting here on on a Sunday, going into the, the holiday week, one of the one of the best weeks of the year. So, um, you know, I think Rangers Rangers beat Montreal on Wednesday, and, and everyone enjoys uh you know a nice break and, and time with their families uh, for the holidays. So, um, we'll end it with that. You know. I'll- uh, you and Andy enjoy the most wonderful time of the year here.
0: Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.